Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. This episode of the OPP is brought to you by Element. In the first part of this episode, we talk all about electrolytes. If you didn't catch this first part with Rob Wolf, the co-founder of Element, you should go back and listen to it because we break down piece by piece the issues that people are experiencing by lack of electrolytes. We actually need salt. We need potassium. We need magnesium. And this sugar-free electrolyte drink mix packs all of that into one delicious packet. If you're low carb or keto or you do intermittent fasting, you are likely missing out on these essential electrolytes that will give you a boost of energy that comes from within you. This was a major blind spot for me and it was a major blind spot for Rob Wolf and we talk about it in part one. So go back and listen to the first part of this uh, double part episode with Rob and uh, we break down specifically why this stuff is so important and what a game changer it did for Rob. There's a new flavor as part of this special offer. If you go to drinklmnt.com, that's drinkelement.com forward slash OP, you can get a sample pack of seven packets of Element for five bucks. And this flavor that they've come out with is watermelon. Watermelon is my favorite like candy flavor. It's my favorite drink. You know, it's uh, it's my go-to. And uh, I know you're going to love this. So go back, listen to the episode, and understand why it's so important for you to have electrolytes in a deliverable form that will immediately give you more energy, less cramps. Uh, they're using it with breastfeeding moms as well as people with tachycardia. It's, it's a massively awesome product. I'm so delighted to have Element as a sponsor of this podcast. So go to drinklmnt, drinkelement.com forward slash OP. And for five bucks, get yourself a pack of seven delicious watermelon flavored drink packets, electrolyte drink mixes right to your door. In this part two conversation with Rob Wolf, we cover a couple of things that I am super interested to get his opinion on. Um, Number one, the uh, mail-in sort of blood testing health tracker stuff. There's a lot of companies coming forward where you can get blood work done without asking your doctor and get a bunch of information back around your hormones, around your uh, your mineral levels in your body. And I ask him what he thinks about it, who he likes, who he doesn't like. Uh, also in this episode, I ask him how he talks to his kid about kids about COVID. I think it's a really important conversation that we should be having. And for the people that you uh, respect, the the people in in natural health and alternative health and holistic health, nutrition and fitness, I want to know how they're talking to their kids about COVID. I know how I'm talking to mine. I wonder how you're talking to yours. And so I want to hear his perspective on how he's talking. Um, He also just recently moved from Texas to Montana. You know, a lot of people from Southern California in the health and wellness movement moved to Texas because of the liberties, because of the fact that you don't have to wear masks, and for probably a lot of other reasons because California is getting pretty tricky. Um, And he moved his family uh, back to uh, north to Montana, and I asked him why, and we talk a little bit about that. We also talk... I also take the opportunity to talk to Rob about some lifestyle stuff. What are the things that he's focusing on in order to 
live the kind of life that he wants. You know, he's got kids and businesses and, and an online presence, and he's busy just like all of us. And I wonder about what sort of things he's doing to keep his energy up, the things that are, are really serving him. And his answer is phenomenal. Uh, he gives us a couple of really key resources that you can follow up on and that you can go explore yourself to, to optimize your performance. This is the heart of what we're doing here. And having this sort of conversation about lifestyle with Rob uh, has been really eye-opening for me. And I know that it will be for you. Thank you so much for always just for listening to this podcast, for listening to this episode. I really want you to share this. This is really great stuff. If you missed the first part of this, go back and listen to how important salt and electrolytes are for your body and uh, take take me up and take Rob off on the op- offer for seven drink packets of watermelon element for just the cost of shipping, which is five bucks. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Rob Wolf. This, this is a related question to family and you know, obviously, I, I have so much respect for the way that you move through the world and the things that you work on. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm just sort of curious, and you feel free to fucking pass on this question if you want to. But, you know, I, I'm curious about how the men that I respect are talking to their children about COVID and, mm. and how they're talking to their children about mask wearing. And if, if you're comfortable sort of speaking either generally or specifically about how how you're communicating to your children you know, obviously with homeschooling, you have, there's, 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 you're contained a little bit, you know, and my kids are um, eight, five, uh, very similar. And, you know, we, we have, we're homeschooling now. They're going to be going to a Waldorf school here, here uh, close by. But I, I, we're, I know the way that I'm talking about it at my house. And I, mm-hmm. so I, you know, from, from dad to dad, I'm sort of, sort of curious about how, how you're handling it, how you're talking about it, you know, what your attitude toward masks is. And again, if you want to take a hard pass, please, that's okay. Yeah. You know, early in the COVID deal, I don't think anybody knew what was up, you know, one way or the other in the first two, three weeks when everything started really ramping up. Like, interestingly, we were in Costa Rica end of February, beginning of March last year. And, um, and it just so happened while we were in Costa Rica, our, our, uh, we decided to move when we got back. And so we ended up moving right at the height of, of COVID, like in the middle of April. And it, it was it was crazy. Like uh, we did three moves in two years, two of them cross country, uh, two of them during a, a pandemic. And so, like, I, I don't want to ever move again. But um, we were really honest with the kids and we explained, I think, to the best of our ability. Here's what we understand. Like there's this virus. Kids knew about viruses. For, you know, we talked about washing their hands and, and you know, if they were sick, they would both of them did go to Montessori for a couple of years. And, you know, if they were sick, they stayed home and wash your hands when you use the drinking fountain. Try not to French kiss it because you're going to get <laughs> fucking sick, you know, and and uh, but really early in this thing. And this will probably get me canceled. But um, I started having some real misgivings about the way all this stuff was rolling out, like. When I started hearing that the vaccine was our our singular hope in this whole, whole thing, I was kind of like, wait a second here. Like at that point, there had never been a vaccine su- successfully produced for the SARS-CoV family of viruses. Like it had never, never been successful. They tried to do it for MERS and for SARS-1 and it, it, it failed catastrophically. Um, I thought back to HIV research, like we're 40 years down downrange on on HIV and they still haven't developed a, a vaccine for it, but right. it's being managed with with pharmaceuticals, you know, these protease inhibitors and very, very well. And there was not a single word about any of that that was that was discussed. And so we talked about 
all of that stuff with the kids, you know, and uh, I'm sure some people will be like, oh, you're horrible parents. And, you, you know, but we, we tried to, you know, we mentioned that there were definitely some at risk people that, that you know, um, people in uh, retirement homes, people who are metabolically unhealthy. And we talk to them about the work that we do and we try to help people get healthier. And it was pretty clear early on that people with metabolic disease fared far worse than the people without it. And that the people without metabolic disease, COVID might be like a, a really bad cold or a, a, a decent case of the flu and not a potentially life threatening, you know, kind of occurrence. So we, we talked about that uh, in the area that we were in in Texas. Um, it was pretty relaxed with regards to mask wearing um, the jujitsu place we went to. It was. Basically, we had a big group discussion via online, and it's like, this is what we want to do. If you want to wear a mask while rolling, then by all means do it. The people who don't want to, don't. If you have even an inkling that you've got a sore throat or a runny nose or something, stay home. Yeah. And everybody was like, cool, that seems totally reasonable. And uh, and our kids absolutely detest wearing masks. Like they, it was just the heat and the the you know kind of stifling feature and not really being able to see people's uh, uh, faces and kind of the emotionality and everything, you know, they commented on that. They're like, dad, I don't know what that person is really saying, you know? And, and, uh, so we talked about all of that stuff and I, I definitely have a bias, but I really tried to couch things in, you know, these people are coming from this position and these people are coming from this position and, um, uh, tried to lay out at least a little bit of a, a, I guess, balanced perspective, but I, I definitely have a, a bias on the whole thing. Like I, I think that, you know, it's been used to political ends. I think it's been used to terrorize us. And, and, uh, um, if this thing really was the existential threat that it was being suggested that it was, then we would have never relied solely on a vaccine as, as the sole, you know, remedy in, in this thing, you know, it was nearly career suicide to ask questions around like, are there any off, off, uh, labeled drugs that could be used in, in mitigating this yeah. process. And only now is that a topic that you can discuss and not get your, your head lopped off, you right. know? So, uh, yeah, we talked about all of that, that stuff and, yeah. and, you know, kind of the, the perspective that, that people would, would take on things. We talk a lot about just risk in general and, you know, why do we wear seatbelts? You know, well, if you get in a car accident and you're not wearing a seatbelt, there is a damn high likelihood that you're either going to die or get much more severely injured. And there are some super libertarian people are like, I'm not going to wear my damn seatbelt or, or wear a motorcycle helmet. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty libertarian, but you're an idiot, dude. Like this is it, OK. Yeah, it is a law, but this is just like this just makes sense. It's kind of like you're going to walk through fire ants and you don't want to wear shoes. It's like, yeah. give me a break, you know. Right. So um but people look at masks that way, too. Like, I'm pretty unimpressed with both lockdowns and masks as mitigating strategies. Like, I'm – and maybe I'm 100 percent wrong, but I, I – when you really look at places that buttoned up tight as a drum and they were having people wear three masks and you compare them to other places that were more open and, and maybe didn't even have any mask mandates uh, – the, the end results are not markedly different, you know, and it, 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 except on economic out, outcomes and uh, the impact on kids, you know, like this distance learning stuff and and yeah. uh, what's rolling out in schools. It's um, it's going to be a mess. Like our, our school systems were already pretty rough and American kids don't do that well academically compared to most other countries. We're just going to be so hosed after this. Like I can't even 
it's hard to imagine which end is up. So that's probably way more than what you wanted. No, but that's what I wanted. Yeah, we, we talked about all of this stuff yeah, with the kids. That, yeah. that, that is that is what I wanted. I, I, I was I was I was curious and, and this we don't need to go we don't need to go down the rabbit hole here. We don't need to I mean, generally speaking, I think talking about there is an opportunity to for leadership for the three letter entities and for governmental entities to to talk about wellness to talk about health to talk about resilience and nutrition and not hand out donuts for getting your your vaccine i i, I think back <laughs> about like the uh the john f kennedy you know we're gonna put man on the moon and bring him back in 10 yeah, years man. deal yes and there was and there was this opportunity to be like we don't know the far reaching consequences of this virus, but we're pretty sure that people who are metabolically healthy fare better. And I mean, the earliest days there was information coming out of right. Wuhan, China, and also just looking at influenza and, and a host of other infectious diseases, people with high blood sugar, people with high blood pressure, people with pulmonary issues, they all fare poorer. The yeah. morbidity and mortality is higher. It was a, a hundred percent safe bet that if we made it's like, if you want to pick paleo, if you want to pick low carb, if you want to pick vegan, do whatever you can, but get yourself and your community healthy. Like there was an opportunity to do that. Yeah. There was nothing, you know, and, and that is another layer to this thing that I'm like, if this was really an existential threat, then we should have all been rallied together as a country to get healthy. And, and there was nothing hmm. with that. I mean, literally nothing related still, to that. Still nothing. Still nothing. Still, yeah, it, it's lunatic fringe like you and myself that are saying maybe being metabolically healthy would would be beneficial here you know and um and and whether you wear a mask or don't wear a mask or isolate or don't isolate like that that is a, a that is a guaranteed take home that you're going to improve your resiliency you know back to to that question yeah, yeah. so that's another ass chapping feature to this thing it's like Nobody in public health, like I think Dr. Fauci, and again, I don't want to get too out in the weeds on this, but um, one time in his interviews, in all of his many, many interviews, one time he said, people should definitely eat better and get healthier. That's it, you know, and and uh, and so I think a massive opportunity lost there and it, it, unconscionable when you consider everything else that has happened and everything that's going on and, yeah. and how um, – years forward, we could have been at that moment, like, okay, fuck, yeah, I'm gonna lose the 50 pounds and, and you know, get healthier. And, and my, even though we have to do XYZ, like we're gonna do it as a family, and we're all gonna eat better. And we're not gonna just bury ourselves with processed food and everything, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, the 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 data continue what well, the date, the data, there, the, there's such a such a mess of possible data that you can follow or not follow so like even even just saying the data when in terms of this conversation just saying the data is already a loaded story right, right. you know because because it just it just is but you know we're now getting reports that you know 80 percent of the deaths were from people who were obese and and we keep getting this reinforcement this message over and over and over if you're if you're if you're carrying extra weight, if you're already unhealthy, you know, Sean Baker's been, been, you know, charging pretty hard on the fact that the, that the, um, the shedding from obese populations from bigger people is more, it's just, it's stronger. It's, it, mm -hmm. it lasts longer. So, um, not to demonize people who are having a tough time, you know, keeping their health in check, but 
it's just uh, that you're right there. When you said, you know, uh, John F. Kennedy and, and the, the trip to the moon, I was thinking that that's the sort of opportunity that we that we are being presented with. It's like this waking up moment to the reality that we uh, as, a, as a culture need to make some changes nutritionally, need to make some changes as far as our lifestyle. And it just hasn't happened. Maybe it will happen. You know, maybe maybe, maybe there there are enough um, lunatic fringe like like us um, and other folks who I really am, am inspired by who are advocating for healthier lifestyles and um, building up their their innate um, uh, immune systems, their resilience in general. But well, maybe potentially we 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 we're, there is still the opportunity there to be you know to advocate. So, well, I thank you for going down that short deviation with me because I, I am I am curious how how other how other folks are handling it. Um, couple couple other questions here, and um, one question is the wellness trackers, the um, remote go get your blood drawn, send it in, and get get diagnostic advice and some coaching. Um, plug in your 23andMe data to get you know a greater picture. Um, are you a fan of those platforms? Do you have do you have favorites? Um, do you do you feel this is sort of like a future forward looking mm-hmm. you know, the individualization mm-hmm. of of our uh, of our medical system, our our own personal health being increasingly individualized, increasingly virtual and remote. Do you do you do you love it? Do you think yeah, it's it's worth a little bit? Maybe not as important as X or Y, but there, I just see so many of them, and, and I've participated recently um, with one of these companies and, and d- done my blood, so I'm now having a firsthand experience in it. So I'm just curious, like, what what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I've done most of them. Um, you know, like 23andMe is pretty cool, but it was mainly cool for me in tracking down lost relatives that, and figuring out that I have a story to my family tree that wasn't part of family folklore at all, and that was that was super interesting. Um, it, it's some of the health stuff. It kind of confirmed to some degree some some dietary practices, and then in, in other circumstances, I think so much of the information, like none of these studies that they kind of tie into this. Nobody's eating a ketogenic diet. Nobody's eating an ancestral diet. So like high fat is kind of meaningless in the you, you know it's all high fat in these contexts is always like this high fat high carb processed food deal it's mm-hmm. it's never like olive oil and butter and stuff like that you know so it's it's hard to to pin that stuff down um i like blood glucose monitoring mm-hmm. i i'm i'm pretty I, I think that some interesting insights can be had from that uh i really like this outfit called precision health reports mm-hmm. And they do an LPIR score, a lipoprotein insulin resistance score. And uh, I think that it provides the most accurate assessment of cardiovascular and diabetes risk that is available. And, and when you look at so, so within you know, COVID or, or just a host of different things like that, diabetes risk profile, insulin resistance, like that is – so much ends up happening there. So like if you're having problems there and you can really accurately assess that, I, I think that it's very powerful in making some changes. Um, trying to think of what else. Uh, I, I will say this though. I think that people get overly wrapped around the axle of like the wearables and and trackers. Like I was, I was wearing one a lot and I, I liked it. But then when I would go to bed, I would read and it would interpret my reading 
as sleep latency. So then it would give me a shitty score. And so then uh, unlike my HRV. And so then I would take it off until I actually fell asleep and put it back on. And then I would get a better score. And I, I think that these things are valuable up to a point, but, um, so many of them, I, I just wish people would be like in their own skin and like have some yeah. objective metrics. Like how many pull-ups can you do? How uh -huh. fast can you run a quarter mile? You know, and like, and if you're it, making some improvement or at least not backsliding in those areas, you're probably doing pretty well. Just a quick thank you to one of our sponsors and then right back into the episode. This episode of the OPP is brought to you by Fume. Fume is an essential oil inhaler that you can use to develop positive habits. Now, what does that mean? First of all, our habits define us. If you are a smoker or a nail biter or you are trying to develop a more focus or even a pre-workout routine so that you can get ready to go and be your best, Fume is there for you. Through this cool little wood inhaler with soaked essential oil, you can use Fume for things like quitting smoking, relief from allergies, for de-stressing, for immune boosting, for anxiety, congestion, headaches. If you like to fiddle while you're working, you can use the fume. You just take a little puff in through your mouth and out through the nose. It's a nice flavor. And for me, I've found that it also reduces my appetite. And uh, for an intermittent faster like myself who only likes to eat you know, later in the day, sometimes one meal a day, this has helped immensely. Go ahead and go to Fume Essential. That's F-U-M-E essential.com and use the code OPP for 10% off. This is a really cool product. It's really affordable and it works. I like it. I use it throughout the day and uh, I think you'll love it too. Okay. Back to the episode. What about, um, I'm thinking like, um, you know, inside tracker, uh, wellness FX, these sort of like you do the blood work and then you get the coaching. Cause, cause I'm, I'm with you too. And I, I'm, the, the term that I sort of hang my hat on is this uh, interoception. How do I feel mm -hmm. today? How much energy do I right. have? Does, how does my gut feel? Like, like what, that, that I, <laughs> and how many pull-ups can I do? What's my, right. you know, how, how can I pick up my kids still, you know, like these sorts of things. But, um, right. I, I, I tend, I'm seeing, I'm seeing more and more of these, of these companies, this, you know, remote blood work and then like subsequent coaching and, in you know, companies like Viome that are doing it with stools and so forth and so forth. I'm just, I'm curious if you've done those and if, and if you've gotten anything out of those. I, I have, and I, I like all those folks and, and, and I also have found limited utility in, in a lot of them. Um, I think that the worldview, the framework that's being used to interpret the blood work is really huge. And although, mm. You have to go by evidence-based standards at the same time. Um, I really am a fan of this kind of evolutionary biology, ancestral health kind of perspective. And out of out of all of that, that pool of things, this uh, uh, Precision Health Reports is kind of the only folks that I know of that, mm. that have that in, in their back pocket as an orientation when they're thinking about this stuff, when they're really looking at both the evidence-based guidelines and kind of customizing to you specifically. Um, I think that the gut testing, how do I want to say this? Um, well, Ubiome is a good example. It's another, it's another one of these Theranos things where it was absolute smoke and mirrors. And, and, uh, I, I would say I was possibly one of the earlier people in this whole scene that was like, Hey, gut health is really, really, really important. And that's all I can still say about it. Like people will go on and on about like, oh, Ackermantia this and uh, soluble fiber that. And I think it's kind of bullshit. Huh. You know, it, it uh, 
uh, from a clinical outcome perspective, I've seen too many people resolve massive GI and other issues by completely removing all types of fiber and, and maybe their gut biota changes. But if you sneeze, your gut biota changes. If you watch a scary movie, your gut biota changes. Sure. So you're taking a snapshot of something that's a 3D movie, you know, and yeah. it's like that's supposed to inform something. That's sure. ridiculous. Just when I learned how labile the gut was, then I was like, oh, this just needs to be driven to clinical endpoints mm. like are you sick or not? If you are mm -hmm. sick and having problems, then here's our logic tree that we go through to try to resolve that. But to, to I think we're so far away from being able to um, take a stool sample and then, you know, do some genetic testing and have some some deep insight in that. You know, genetic testing was supposed to revolutionize the world like the hmm. the, the first human right. genome was was completely mapped in, I think, 2001 or something. And this was supposed to set the world on fire. We were going to solve cancer and everything. Almost nothing has happened as it's, a consequence of it. Well, other, other than meeting relatives, other than meeting relatives and finding out that your dad maybe wasn't really your dad and stuff like that, <laughs> you know, and, and, um, which I have an interesting story about that. Huh. I'll share with you in the, in the next, next show, not mine personally, but a friend, but, um, and that's it. And so, and part of the problem is that the genetic information is so massive that it's just like you don't know what how to make heads or tails of it. And part of the reason for that is the epigenetic signaling that turns those genes on and off is mediated by our gut, by our diet, by our exercise. So you keep layering orders of magnitude greater complexities and they're multiplicative hmm. and we're and i don't know maybe at some point machine learning is really able to get in and make some sense of that but even that i'm not entirely sure what, how because it changes all the time right. so i'm i'm really underwhelmed um by the insight that a lot of this stuff provides like i think it's kind of cool to do it could provide a cool benchmark i think benchmarking things is it's kind of cool. So like if, if you go do a gut analysis and you've got a baseline and then you go to Mexico and you catch Giardia and then things are all screwed up and you get it retested and things are really different, that could provide some interesting insight. Maybe you, you could use that to kind of benchmark what you're doing from a treatment perspective. But, um, I'm, I'm really just unimpressed by that stuff relative to somebody who's just a really good clinician and like if you're if you're having problems it's like well let's try us you know removing FODMAPs or let's try a, a histamine diet or whatever and and again there may be a, a time where we're able to better prescribe that based off of genetic and epigenetic testing but in my opinion I think we're mm -hmm. just miles away from that like it's so far away and each each layer of additional information we add in uh, Nassim Talib talks about this and also um, it was talked about in the the book blink like imaging it, medical imaging has progressed so much and like our ability even they, they were talking about like the ability to land pinpoint accuracy you know like cruise missiles and stuff like that it hasn't really improved things all that much like we just have that much more information that we don't really know what to do with right. you know and and there was all this like super high level imaging of people uh, 10 different oncologists and they had like, I think a hundred different patients with either, either with or without cancer. And there was absolutely no consensus among these folks at all about <laughs> really? like they compared them and there was nothing, 
nothing. And this is possibly where some machine learning will, will come in. There is some preliminary stuff that, that suggests that uh, machine learning is better than, than meat bot human doctors at diagnosing right. stuff because yeah. it, it, you know, it, it, it's very detailed and it's unbiased and whatnot. So that might be a direction where we get some, some, some insight on that. But, um, yeah. And this is why I'm probably never going to be on the board of directors of any of these, <laughs> these things. Cause I'm just like so underwhelmed by the, the vast majority of them. This, uh, precision health reports is about the only one that really kind of knocked my socks off. And it, it's, it's derivative of the work that we did with the Reno risk assessment program. Like it uses the same methodology that, that was used in that context. So maybe I'm biased that way, or maybe it's just because I'm more comfortable with it, but I've, I've seen that provide some really great insight, both on cardiovascular disease and also type two diabetes. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I, 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 you know, drinking from a fire hose of information is, is fine, but, but if you don't have someone to help you, translate if you don't have a, a skilled like you said a skilled clinician to say okay here are some suggestions of changes that you should make here's how you do it here's how you should test it here's how it works over time etc cetera, etc cetera. then without that you're you're you just have a bunch more information and right then you're fucking overwhelmed you're already overwhelmed so you, right. know, you just have increased overwhelming because you have lactobacillus a fluori, you know, overgrowth. And what the fuck does that mean anyway? <laughs> like, right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think it's interesting. I, I, am I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm optimistic about the, now we have these tools, we have these data, we have these, you know, machine learning and AI to, to help open up the door. So now that the door has been opened, what are the next steps they're going to actually yep. make actual changes for people in their life and i and i think that it that's going to take some some humanness to to ask the right questions and to you know i don't know i'm i'm opt i'm optimistic about it but you know i've i've seen i've seen a couple people get pretty be feel pretty let down by the level of data that they get and the suggestions mm -hmm. that they're giving it's like well this is this it's just telling me to eat less foods with phytic acid in it like what how was that? It's not specific to me. That's sort of a general right. idea. Yeah. Um, before before we get into kind of wrapping the show up, um, what you know, what are you focused on uh, as far as health and uh, performance optimization? I know you know jujitsu just by just by following on on Instagram. You know, I know how how seriously you take your jujitsu practice. Um, what is there, is there an area or something that you're really focused on right now that, that you'd love to share? Like what's, what's got your, what's got your pants on fire? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I like hot tubs, saunas, yeah, buddy. meditation, being outside, you know, I mean, uh, uh, I've definitely migrated more carnivore over time. And so like that, that kind of dietary piece I, I think is, is pretty good. Like I'm, 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 kind of shocked, but also kind of impressed with, with how that's playing out. But, um, I'm really trying to be online as minimally as possible. Like I'm really still trying to provide value to people, but at the same time, uh, I've, uh, I still have social media profiles, but I write stuff up. I send it to my assistant, she posts it and that's it. Um, if folks want to interact, then we've got like the healthy rebellion radio podcast where people can submit questions or they can sign up for the healthy rebellion community. I just kind of hit my, my saturation point of 
two two things really ended up chapping my ass and I, again this is a sign of just becoming old but the the one thing was um you know trying to ask some good questions and like just getting kind of like railed upon and assailed and it, it's always like these you know um accounts with like uh, you know they've been active for like three days and they just kind of pop up to be able to like uh, yeah. attack and assail you and everything but it still is it, it, it just wears on you and that yeah. that kind of got annoying and then there was also this this thing where um i would spend all this time in kind of a thoughtful post talking about metabolic flexibility or you know whatever and it would get a little bit of feedback and then i i would do the offhand like uh shirtless selfie and I'm kind of old and a little bit jacked and like I would get all this fucking attention with it. I'm like, really? Like, it, it, like this is the game I have yeah. to play to be. Right. And I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm not going to play that game, you know, and it, it maybe I don't know, maybe I'm ridiculous or whatever, but it just really chapped my ass. You yeah. know, I'm like, I'm not I'm not going to participate in this. And then more recently, when like watching the social dilemma and kind of the way that the big tech platforms kind of profiteer from our suffering like one thing that i did was take a massive step back from online most online stuff podcasts have been cool in that you can discuss some topics that are a, a little bit more far-ranging um thus far i've managed to do it without getting myself or anybody else canceled but you know there's there's always hope on on there's that but um yeah there's a um so you're saying there's a chance, you yeah, know, and, yes. and, uh, uh, it's possible. so I, I would say one big thing is that I, even though I still make my living via online stuff, um, I've tried to, I, I have really taken a massive step back and I, I've reframed all that. So that's like, this is going to work for me. And like, mm -hmm. if I need to go back and work in a lab or do something else, then I'll do that. But I'm just mm -hmm. not going to do the, the rigmarole of, of, uh, you know, what, what seems to generally work. And ironically, that's actually paid off really well. Mm. Like it's worked really, really well, um, both psychologically, like, um, the, the week that I deleted every social media platform off of my phone, I still had a regular work week, but I was like, this is like being on vacation. Cause I wasn't just like scrolling on that yeah. fucking thing. And, and, you know, like feeling like, Oh, I got to answer some questions. I love helping people. I love being of service, but it just felt like pissing in the wind on, you know, like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and everything. Whereas what, what I'm doing now, um, I feel like it really matters. I really have impact and the people that I'm relating with, I actually kind of get to know those people. It's not just like this drive by mugging. So mm -hmm. I would say that's been the biggest change is like re totally reframing my my relationship to social media and and making it work for myself and being willing to just completely burn everything down and and do do something else like i was uh i was looking at a physician assistant programs i was looking mm. at, at uh, you know becoming a farmer like i was looking at all this yeah. other stuff and i'm like i do still really want to keep doing what i'm doing but if it's not going to work on my terms i'm going to do something else it, but so far it's it's gone well yeah that yeah. that i think everybody should make a mental note of that that mentality just to be willing to let go of the things that aren't serving your purpose and to step away from like you, you we have agency still you know we still got some right right and we there was this, this shred of of, of freedom uh, and agency and, and discernment that we still can have in this in this life. And if if it's not working for you, move. If your job is making you sick and ill and a asshole, like quit it. Do something else. You know that ability 
to stay flexible, to to expand your conception of the world, to to to, to be able to choose how you want to interact uh, in this life that you have and with your family, I think is going to be a um, it's going to be a superpower as time goes on. You know, I've, uh, I don't remember where I heard it, but there's this there there's this distinction that I've that I've been heard heard recently. This idea that you know, for folks who are, you know, Gen Gen Y, millennial, you know, who who didn't grow up uh, with uh, iPads, you know, at four years old, that it, it just wasn't. I think, regardless of how much time everybody gets on there now, um, you know, you and I didn't have iPads when we mm-hmm. were four or five or ten or fifteen. Like, just wasn't a thing. Or twenty, like, wasn't a thing. Or thirty. Yeah. <laughs> for me, for like, me, yeah, yeah. So, like. This 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 conception that the that the primary experience of our lives is in physical form. The primary experience of our life is the uh, actual conversations with actual people, physical. I think this was a, a Jordan Peterson talking to that's Brett what, Weinstein. That's yeah, the one yeah, that yeah, blew yeah. my mind. Like that concept, yeah. and it sounds like Brett Weinstein's writing a book about it. And it sounds like maybe Jordan has just been also developing. You know, this is like the. Um, what the, uh, the, the hundredth, the 10th monkey idea, like this idea mm-hmm. is starting to bubble up. That idea struck me and it was, it was so profound because I, it got me thinking about how many people are making a conscious choice to allow their physical reality to be their prime, the, their, their primary, um, um, reality versus, their online reality, their online avatars, the you know the 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 likes that they have, the followers they have, the points on Reddit that they have, that be their prior, priority. Yeah, you heard the you heard the same thing, didn't that? Wasn't that wasn't that amazing? It, it was amazing, yeah. And it it, uh, it we have allowed our kids very very limited um, iPad exposure, mainly just like offline games that they play, and we even cut that recently mm. which they're not happy about but we're just basically like none huh. none yeah wow. for a long for a long time what we are going to do like they have these old vtech uh cameras and and voice recorders and everything that they had as kind of kids they have some newer ones and they're pretty cool um and uh they're not an iphone but uh, they also aren't addictive the way an iphone is and it doesn't track you the way an iphone or an ipad or you know does and so we're gonna we're going to go that le- uh, route and our kids may hate us at some point, but they'll have the, um, they'll have the cognitive abilities to hate us and not, yeah. not just be broken, you know? So right. yeah. yeah. Num- numbed out. Yeah. 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 We're, we're, we're faced, we're faced with an increasing number of, of, of choices to make for, for our children, you know, which, which things we're just going to go along with blindly, which things we're going to submit to, um, which things we're going to accept or not accept, you know, injected into us. And, um, and the people who are making these hard choices and, and, and just trying to think through this into the future, what they, what they want to provide for themselves and their families. I think it's, it's increasingly important, man, oh man, good for you, Absolutely. I, man, uh, Rob, I'm, I'm so appreciative of you. Um, and, and I don't, I know that you get, uh, I know that you get people um, that, that validate and, and respect and appreciate the way that you move through the world, but I just wanted to take this opportunity to, to thank you for not only the, the big ideas that you have and, and the logic that you use and the um, 
the, the products that you're formulating and the content that you put out. Um, Healthy Rebellion Radio is such a cool, cool, like it's such a cool concept. It's such a cool format. You and Nikki do such a great job of thinking through these, these very real issues that people are dealing with. And your ability and your willingness to change, your ability to, to be flexible in your life is something that I really admire. And so I just, I wanted to say thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for providing me a venue for, for sharing this stuff. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. So this is the, the last question. It's a fill in the blank question. You may or may not remember it from last time. I do remember what your answer was. Um, so let's give everybody where they can find you online before I give that last fill in the blank question. Yeah. So I do a lot of writing for element and that's over at drinkelement.com. And then other than that, uh, uh, mainly, um, like I have, I'm not online really. Like there's a profile there, but I, that I throw some stuff up on. You can look around for, for those, but, uh, join.thehealthyrebellion.com is really, if you want to have a chat with me, that's, that's definitely the place to do it. Awesome. Excellent. So this is the final question. This can be based on anything that we've talked about or it can be something totally, totally off the wall, uh, but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing how to sleep better. Yeah. And it was probably the same one last time. It was too. the yeah. same one. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was the same one. And, yeah. and we didn't talk about sleep at all in the podcast, but then you you, you hit me with that. It was just like, oh man, I, I wish we could have come back and talked about it. Uh, Rob, thank you so much, man. This is, um, again, so grateful for you. And, um, again, I love the product. Um, element has, I, it's, it's, it's solved the problem that I didn't really know that I had. And it has allowed me to go from fourth to fifth and have the energy in the afternoon to, to go on the hike with my family and, and still get the shit done get my work done. Um, I'm a huge fan of it. Everybody can go to drink element. That's drink forward slash OP. And, uh, the, it's a seven sample pack with different flavors. Just you pay for shipping. It's five bucks. So, um, Rob, thank you so much for joining me today on the optimal performance podcast. Huge honor. Can't look forward to doing it again. Awesome. And that's that. Awesome, man. That was great. <laughs>